الجزيرة بودكاست A computer glitch grounds thousands of planes across the United States. Airlines flying into the country were delayed too, disrupting international travel. So, how did this happen and how vulnerable are crucial IT systems elsewhere? I'm Fully Batibo and you're listening to the Inside Story podcast, where we dissect, analyze and help define major global stories. Well, let's bring in our guests for today's show. In New Jersey, Kyle Bailey, a former Federal Aviation Administration Safety Team representative and also a pilot. In Washington, D.C., Jody Westby, Chief Executive at Global Cyber Risk. And in London, Alex Macheris, an aviation analyst. A very warm welcome to all three of you. Thank you so much for joining us on Inside Story. Kyle, in New Jersey, let me start with you. A halt, as we heard, to all flights across the U.S. is extremely rare and has only happened a few times, uh, including uh, during the 9-11 attacks. Now, the U.S. administration, the Biden administration, says it has no evidence that this was a cyber attack. So what could have caused this system outage, in your view? It's looking right now that it's a corrupt data database file that pretty much uh, caused this glitch and it caused, you know, the paralysis of the airspace system. Uh, the exact cause of it right now is not known. Uh, you know, there, there are some reports out there that it was caused by a single employee, but I, I think there, there is going to be a full investigation. Uh, the, these systems are just very antiquated. It's here in the United States, uh, uh, like typical government bureaucracy systems, uh, not just the FAA, but across the board, everything pretty much is not up to speed like the private sector. Uh, if this was a company like SpaceX, you wouldn't see something like this mm. uh, because, you know, all their systems are on the cutting edge. But typically how bureaucracy works, if you want to replace systems, it's a long drawn out process. Uh, there's bidding, there's contracts and... Uh, it's not just a matter of swapping out servers. If you want to upgrade upgrade a big complex system with all those data points coming into it, I mean, it could be months, it could be years, yeah. even after they have a contract to, uh, you know, uh, upgrade it or replace it. All right. Jody, let me come to you. From your experience, Jody, is there any indication that this could have been foul play? Could this have been intentional? Well, we don't know yet. Uh, as my colleague just said, it is undetermined at this point exactly what happened. However, we do know that the database, apparently they're saying was corrupted and that was the primary database as well as the backup. And that is how malware works. That's how ransomware works. It gets in a system and at first now it looks for backups and will corrupt that data and then go to the real data and corrupt and encrypt it. Mm -hmm. And so I think ransomware definitely is on the table, but forensic investigations of this nature do not happen quickly in many cases. So I think it's too early to tell. In any event, it was a cyber incident because it certainly involved incident response right. and backup recovery. And so those measures certainly made it a cyber incident. And we found out that the backup recovery had some issues, as well as just their ability to determine what happened and remain operational. If this was a breach, Jody, do you think U.S. officials would admit to it? I think, yeah, I think they would. Um, you know, the, nobody has a silver bullet system. And if, if there was um, 
ransomware that got in the system. I think they'd need to know that and, and it could impact other systems. I don't think someone would try to hide it. Okay. Alex, let me come to you. The problem it said came from the pilot alerting system, the NOTAM system. Tell us, uh, uh, tell us and explain to our viewers what this pilot warning system does, how critical it is, how, how it operates, and, and what do you think happened here? Well, Folly, this is why we had such a big, almost immediate impact with, with what happened in the US, because it, instead of something happening in the airline operations room that would affect one airline or perhaps something that would affect one manufacturer, this was centralized with the FAA where the NOTAMs are distributed. And NOTAMs in, in simple English are essentially key information directives that are distributed to all aviation stakeholders. And in everyday aviation life, their main and primary purpose would be, for example, flight crew entering uh, the cockpit prior to departure and reviewing and checking the NOTAMs before departure to make sure if there are any anything unusual ahead where at their destination airport, perhaps the active runway that they usually fly into is closed and they're using an alternative runway. Perhaps there is construction on the taxiway or even cranes nearby the approach path mm. that specifically that airport wants flight crew and other aviation stakeholders to be aware of. So they are key communication essential notices that really ensure the safe continuation of air travel by keeping everyone up to speed. Right. And so with the failure of the NOTAM system and this being the, the specific outage that the FAA suffered, we saw immediately how a decision had to be taken whereby they couldn't allow any additional aircraft to be added into the system because already at that time we had hundreds and hundreds of aircraft airborne in the US and thousands elsewhere getting ready to depart there. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, the UN's uh, civil aviation organization, ICAO, I understand, uh, has been leading an effort to overhaul this system to make it uh, easier for airlines and pilots to better filter information. I is this new system that they're looking at, is it not in place in the U.S.? Well, to my understanding, not yet. No, this old system is still completely in place. So, you know, they will need some sort of uh, you know, additional funding or, or approvals for any kind of new system that is implemented. And it will take time because, you know, the old system will have to be taken down and uh, the, the, the new system will obviously have to be vetted and installed and bidding process and all that. So, yeah, talk to us about the factors behind this fragility of the system in the U.S. You started talking about them uh, a little earlier, uh, and there had been regional issues previously, Kyle. But how widespread were they, and what do you think has exacerbated the problem? Well, you know, we're, we're talking about pretty much old servers, old servers and equipment that, when they're working, do a pretty good job. I mean, the NOTAM system is fairly simple. Uh, for your audience who isn't really familiar with them, it, it would be similar to getting uh, a weather for a text. But if you're doing a, a Google search or you're on a weather website and you're reading text of a weather forecast, it would be similar to, to, to that. But you're actually obtaining uh, the critical NOTAM information, such as, you know, Alex referred to if there's a runway closure, it would say runway 27 left closed at, you know, uh, London Heathrow Airport or, or things of that nature. So it's a very simple system in that it's it's basically pilots reading text and, and that text could be uh, obtained on a laptop or on, on software in the cockpit. Yeah. But it's just a, the, 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 the key here is with old software, it works well when it's working, it does the job very good. 
but we don't know, is this going to happen again tomorrow? Is it going to happen a month from now? Is it going to happen 10 years from now? We just don't know. So that's the issue. Okay. Jody, uh, yeah. The FAA is, is very proactive in replacing systems that are very critical, especially when it comes to cybersecurity. Uh, but it's everything else pretty much moves at, 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 at a snail's uh, pace, tip, t- typical of government. Jody, uh, Kyle says an old system, but a simple one. Is there no backup to stop the, the cascading failures? Yeah, there could be two problems here. He He's right. These old systems often require old operating platforms to run on. And sometimes those are out of support by the vendors. And uh, that can create security issues. I'm not saying this one was that, but old systems, these old legacy applications always present security problems. And um, many times it's the age old problem of it works now, we like this system, we don't replace it, it'll be too expensive, it'll take too long. Um, but we see the price of that. The other thing is that uh, this this clearly uh, involved a backup restore issue, and many companies and government entities today are replicating their data real time. So as they're op- it's operating, it's transferring the exact same data to another location. So if something happens on that site, they could bring up the other site. Well, if you don't have backups that... Um, Uh, have a hash integrity check so that you know that nothing's been changed in that backup, then if something happens and a system goes down, you need to restore like this corrupted database. Uh You may not know if the data you're restoring is accurate. So that can be another problem that they run into. So what needs to happen, Jody, in the immediate to to prevent future mishaps? Well, the first thing is obviously to make sure that all the equipment is up to date, that all the software is supported by vendor support, that all the patches have been applied. Um, but also then they need to understand what happened. If there was any insider problem here um, or something that was a weak control to mm-hmm. fix, to build up those controls and to try to determine the cause of the problem. So it's hard to know exactly what they need to do to prevent it from happening when we don't know yet what caused it. All right. Alex, this is the second major incident in less than a month uh, for the U.S. aviation industry. Are these issues specific to the U.S. or are other countries uh, and industries elsewhere in the world also vulnerable? Everywhere and everyone is vulnerable to this. And what this has done is this has now renewed and refreshed the need for that conversation to keep going over the issues that the aviation sector has globally. We have, um, you know, modern day risks of cyber. We have modern day risks to do with the fact that we're running, as your guests have explained, old IT system, which is so common across aviation. And remember that the very concept of air travel connects A to B. Mm -hmm. So while A may have the latest investments and innovation in, in their in their tech budgets, it's not always going to be the case for B. And that's why, you know, we need a harmonized approach to ensuring that the industry is ready for not just the movement of digitalization that is ongoing and that is likely to, you know, have its its, um, mishaps here and there as these upgrades take place, but also on this risk of cyber. From 2019 to 2020, we saw in Europe a 530% increase in cyber attacks. In 2020 alone, 61% of all cyber attacks in Europe were to specifically to airlines. Mm-hmm. So you begin to, to realize quickly how information sharing is key, how taking a harmonized approach is key. And that's why, you know, 
ICAO, the centralized UN body for aviation, they have an important role to play to ensuring that in this specific area of security, no country is left behind. To what extent is information sharing happening, Alex? It's happening better in some parts of the world than it is others. For example, if we look at the continent of Africa, where still we have so much work to do in terms of um, sharing and liberalizing aviation across the continent there, and it runs all the way along to the theme of security and information sharing. You know, it slowly, and, and I think this is the good news, um, continents like Africa are beginning to realize the benefits of becoming more liberalized and adopting something that is a, a project that's been in the work for so long, such as the single African um, market, ultimately a single African skies. That pilot with around 20 plus African member states, including Ghana, Ethiopia, Morocco, that's going into place this year. And not only will that help look at the economic development and opportunity for opening up aviation, but it really runs down to, as I said, that information sharing area, ensuring that if there are aspects of the system that are not as up to date as others in certain countries or in certain regions, then how can we work on ensuring that they also receive that upgrade and that lift? Because as I say, it's all very well being fine on one side with right. A, but ultimately that aircraft is traveling to B. All right. Uh, Kyle, Alex talked about liberalization there. There is also the question of, of privatization, which you alluded to earlier. And in the wake of this incident, there are some in the U.S. who are arguing that failures like the system meltdown that we saw on Wednesday is why government should be removed from some aspects of air travel that could be better handled by, by, by the private sector. What are your thoughts about this? I mean, that argument could go either way. Uh... I mean, the government has some here in the U.S. has some, uh, you know, great relationships, uh, you know, with uh, companies like L3, uh, L3 Harris and uh, North of Grumman and companies of that nature. Uh, I think the private sector does a very good job working in concert with the government as it would be, you know, say uh, we have flight service stations here in the U.S. used to be uh, run by the FAA. They're now run by the private sector. Uh, so that relationship works very well, in my opinion, and I don't. I don't think the government should be eliminated completely because uh, they really do. A, as far as the FAA is concerned, from a safety perspective, they really do a very good job of what they do. Okay, Alex, your Although thoughts about in this, this instance. Sorry, finish your thought. Kyle. Oh, my, my apologies. Finish your thought, please. You know, in this instance, although it, you know, inconvenienced millions of air travelers with delays and uh, mis misconnections and cancellations, uh, the system worked. It stopped uh, a catastrophe from happening. Everything basically shut down. Uh, they shut the entire system down in a matter of minutes, and the system really worked out perfectly, uh, although uh, people were inconvenienced for uh, the sake of safety. All right, Jody, I'll come to you in just one second. But Alex, I wanted to get your thoughts on this uh, question of, of privatization. Would privatizing some aspects of air travel, like air traffic control, for example, in the US, would, would that help in fixing some of the problems the industry has encountered there? I think it is, is perhaps too broad of, of, a, of a blanket approach to mm. take that, that somehow the private sector has all of the answers. I think what would be better is if we if we had more consistent commitments to these upgrades and uh, and if we you know the, the good thing is is that with the current administration in the US we have seen infrastructure investments uh, that have stemmed right down and across 
aviation. And so, you know, this is the track that, that is necessary. The funny part is that we often talk about when air travel is disrupted due to outages and due to glitches. Many times these glitches are occurring because of the upgrades that are taking place. For 2023, for the next 12 months, Eurocontrol, who assist with the safer skies of Europe, are already warning that there will be delays to air travel this summer, merely because they are doing system upgrades in key European hubs um, where air traffic is, uh, is centralized, such as Lisbon and, and Reims in France. So, you know, it's a bumpy road, of course, but uh, I don't think, to go back to your question, that the private sector has all of the answers, but perhaps more integration in various different areas could bring, uh, could help modernize the sector. All right, Jody, computer systems are hierarchical, of course. Looking at the broader infrastructure system, how robust are these key systems around the world to deal with the issues that they're faced with today? Well, they were in an interconnected global network, and this incident highlights that very clearly. It highlights the impact that can have, this kind of incident can have, where it's a domino effect. One company, one government agency may have an absolutely robust, everything's perfect, whether it's a con security controls, everything's up to date. And yet, if that system goes down or another system impacts it, then, then the systems can crash or the systems can have problems. So the interconnected nature is something that we have to understand uh, as part of how we live today and how we operate. And so just saying that one vulnerability in one company is they're not up to speed or they need a better app or the government needs a better app, we're also interconnected that that risk flows to everybody else. Mm -hmm. So it really is a... a Everyone's dependent on everyone else in this type of system where everyone is relying on an information system that puts out information for air control. You can be sure that whatever the answer is to the problem, that people will take note. But in my experience, private sector systems have often just as many weaknesses or worse than government systems because there's not as good oversight from those systems. So I think we have to figure out what happened here, but we have to understand the interconnected nature of how we operate today. These kinds of things can happen. Okay, Kyle, let me get your thoughts on, on how we fix the, the, the problem. What's the answer, uh, short and, and long-term to, to solving these vulnerabilities? You know, I think there will be uh, investigations as a result of uh, this incident, whether it be with, you know, uh, congressional uh, investigation or whether it, you know, will, will be conducted, you know, from uh, the office of the FAA administrator. And from that, I think, you know, this might be a wake-up call for perhaps Congress to increase funding for various FAA projects that perhaps they might have overlooked in the past. And um, from the FAA standpoint, just from their side alone, just looking at their projects that are in the pipeline, and maybe re-again re evaluating, uh, you know, what are the top priorities and what should be addressed immediately and what maybe they could put on the uh, the back burner uh, okay. for a time being. Okay. So, Kai, uh, sorry, Alex, let me give you the last word. Uh, Kyle says this is a wake-up call and, you know, there should be increased funding to the FAA. What do you feel should be the priorities right now to solve this issue and make sure it doesn't happen again in the near future? 
Well, of course, it's inevitable we're going to see more of these issues, whether or not they're related to, to older IT and older tech, or of course, that ongoing risk of cyber and the cyber attacks that hit the industry daily. What I hope that the global aviation sector, which is so well harmonized, takes from this is, is the importance of ensuring that every all of these systems are up to date, uh, you know, and uh, and keeping their infrastructure as, as modern as possible, but also ensuring, as I said earlier, that no country is left behind. You know, the UN Special Agency ICAO, they want to see in aviation across the world more personnel who are well versed in both aviation and cybersecurity. But that's going to require investments. So these are conversations that have to be taking place across governments as we move into different areas of risks. And, you know, in 2015, we saw in Sweden, part of their air traffic control abilities was shut down for five mm. days. Initially, it was blamed on a solar flare. Later, it turned out to be a malicious cyber attack. So we know that not always uh, is everything as it seems from the early sure. on uh, period and the early on days. But uh, I hope that that conversation has started now yeah. to address both these areas to uh, to aviation. And I'm sure we'll learn more in, in the next few days when, when uh, this investigation happens as to what exactly uh, happened with this incident. Thank you all three of you for a very interesting conversation. Kyle Bailey, Jody Westby and Alex Macheris. This episode was produced by Dermot Fleming, Fintan Monaghan, Michael Harwood and Jimmy Getahone. Studio sound was by Sentil Marimutu. The program was edited by Anil Anandan, Lynn Nguyen and Joe DeFrias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thank you for listening. Tune in on Friday for our next episode.